This episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by Eero. Never think about Wi-Fi again when you can have brilliant, hyper-fast, super-simple Wi-Fi system with Eero. And now the second-generation Eero is tri-band and twice as fast as its predecessor. For free overnight shipping, visit Eero.com and at checkout select Overnight Shipping, then enter show code FOOL. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, July 27th, 2017, so we're talking about energy and industrials. I am your host, Sean O'Reilly, and to my left is a man that means no introduction, but is getting one anyway, Motley Fool Canada co-director, Mr. Taylor Markerman. What's up, sir? Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm good. You all right? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. So on today's show, we've got... Um, I guess I'll call it an infographic. An infographic that shows energy source usages across the whole planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool graphic. It's kind of a graphic where they took a picture of the Earth at night and all the lights that typically shine from each individual country. Yeah. And dim the lights if you don't use... It's like basically... The brighter the lights, the more you use that yeah, certain I, power source. We're gonna, yeah. So some countries really completely cool. disappear for renewable energy. Basically, every country disappears for nuclear energy, yeah. other than Except for some France. in Europe. Yeah, France is France is like a shining beacon of light. And, of and, nuclear light. Of nuclear light, <laughs> yes. Um, plus, a uh, few companies reporting earnings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, what you say, Halliburton's in there? That's Halliburton, Core Labs. Oh, yeah. boy. Uh, but first, oil. Trying to give $50 a high five again. $50 a barrel. Um, it's basically just because of strong words from Saudi Arabia, right? Uh, yeah, I guess they said that they're going to curb exports for the summer. Yeah, so I, of course, this caught me kind of by surprise, but I guess I didn't know that they were meeting in St. Petersburg. But basically on Tuesday they never meet week, in like They like never meet in an OPEC country. Yeah, which is... It's Their headquarters is in neutral ground. Switzerland, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, it's know. Vienna. Vienna, yeah. Um, but uh, Saudi Arabia came out on Tuesday and pledged to curb exports for uh, <laughs> next month, starting next month. And OPEC called on several members to boost compliance with output cuts to help to rein in oversupply and tackle flagging prices. Uh, they made this you know, from St. Petersburg, where they started meeting on Monday. And they're there to ex- possibly discuss the possibility of extending their deal to cut output by 1.8 million barrels per day beyond 2018 if necessary. And, as icing on the cake, and this is actually what I want to get everybody's thoughts on here, Saudi Arabian oil uh, energy ministers said that they would limit crude exports out of Saudi Arabia to 6.6 million barrels per day in August, which is a million barrels below the level of a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't most of those exports go to the U.S.? Like, is that just basically saying, okay, shale's up a million, so we're going to go down a million? Like, what? I don't know what the percentage is, but we do import oil still yeah. from Saudi Arabia because our refineries are are built to right uh, process that crude crude oil versus our light sweet crude oil right um, that we produce so that's why exports have been booming here not only because we're producing a lot but because our ref- our refiners are like well, get that out of here we don't want that got it it's too easy to refine are they- we want the hard stuff we want the cheap hard stuff yeah <laughs> give us that we want that crack spread give us that sticky crude um did uh they must be sending any excess oil to India and China or something, then. Uh, China, China definitely. Uh, again, not sure of the breakdowns, but they were. I remember them negotiating prices with China earlier this year or late last year because they were trying to trying to raise prices on on China because obviously they continue to raise their demand levels. 
I always laugh because like they have their their price that they sell to China at, and they like change it by like fifty cents mm-hmm. a month. And then, well, it makes of a course, big difference when prices. you're sending no, millions of barrels a day. No, you're talking about fifty cents on ten million barrels. Yeah. I get it, but that's it's why just I think funny. like Bitcoin, New York Times, or somebody should charge like one ten thousandth of a penny per article. Oh wow! Or Google should yeah. charge that per email because it's it wouldn't matter to you or I. Right. But if you're sending a few billion emails. We'll, we'll, you're right. You're on the left side of the decimal system after a little while. A little bit there, yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. But oil, I mean, it's, I mean, it's gained a couple of dollars a barrel this week. So, mm-hmm. yeah. The, I mean, finally, OPEC said something that raises the price of oil. Right. Uh, at all costs. Mm. Um, so, as you mentioned before, yesterday you sent something pretty nifty. I did. Uh, my way through Slack and. Uh, on a basically a cool interactive website put together by gocompare.com and it answers the question what powers the world mm. um listeners can go check this out by going to i'm going to read this even though it's a mistake www.gocompare.com forward slash gash gas sla, uh dash and dash electricity forward slash what powers the world or just google all this <laughs> that, was, that was that was a mistake awful. just google what powers the world and go compare go compare yeah. that'll be fine um, anyway, so pops up and it just features planet Earth at night and mm-hmm. three simple buttons up at the top labeled fossil fuels, nuclear, and renewables. And you can then hit each button and see for yourself just how many lights go out without that power source. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Taylor, which button did you hit first? Um, renewables. Why not? Check no- out nothing, the future. Nothing went out. <laughs> Uh, there's some places that got a little Iceland dim. went out. Stop it. I mean, Iceland the United out. States got pretty dim when you click renewables. That's a good one. That's a good point. Be, so no, and it's very heavily money. relying on fossil fuels. Um, I mean, when you look at it, it's really just Brazil from hydropower, Canada from hydropower, um, Scandinavian Peninsula, and and Europe. India, surprisingly, although they have a decent amount of hydropower as well. Right. Which is the number one renewable source of energy around the world. So here's Canada the- almost gets all of its power from renewable hydro, and so does Brazil. That is, Go yeah. figure, the Amazon. So, um, yeah, right. So basically, what, what can be gleaned from this at first glance is fossil fuels represent about two-thirds of electricity usage on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, nuclear makes up about 10% of all global electricity usage. And I, th- I think we mentioned in the intro, France is the world's most nuclear country. And it's not like bombs, it's the electricity. Um, and 74% out there in France from nuclear reactors. Yeah, that's a big deal. They're like the bright... I think... I think the rest of Europe is only bright because that's because, what, <laughs> because that's France what, is so illuminated. Do you remember after Japan had their Fukushima accident mm-hmm. and then like everybody freaked out about nuclear mm-hmm. and Germany like pledged to shut all their plants down. And I was like that doesn't seem entirely rational because Japan is an island in the ring of fire. Of course you're going to have earthquakes and maybe you not have nuclear reactors there. Yeah. Germany is in the middle of the European continent and is somewhat insulated to that sort of thing. Oh, maybe they're worried about North North Sea oil drilling uh, causing uh, <laughs> earthquakes like people people have said uh, is happening in Oklahoma. It it struck me as a little bit of a reaction. But anyway, a little um, bit of overreactor. Oh my god. <laughs> we did not plan that, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Um Canada and Brazil with the hydro, that's fun. Yeah. Um 
And yeah, then, that's good stuff. Um, let's see. Albania, 100% of its power comes from hydro. Paraguay, 100% of its power comes from hydro. Here we go. Um, Norway, 97% hydro, 2% fossil fuels, 1% other. Uh, this is uh, a fun fact, side note. Um, I saved this in my Evernote a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, solar energy now powers the entire island of American Samoa, thanks to Tesla and Solar City. Don't you know? They used to listen to this. They used to burn uh, diesel mm-hmm. to to power the island, like burn diesel generators. But there's still some like, Middle Eastern countries that burn yeah. oil for power. Um, well, yeah, it's it's in Saudi Arabia. Anyway. All I know is that before 1850, we were burning all of our power through wood. So we've Truth. come a long way, ladies and Truth. gentlemen. Since Truth. 1850, we've adopted Truth. coal, natural gas, nuclear power, hydropower, uh, solar, wind, what else? Biomass, the works. Methane. Start all from lumber. Uh, Just eight countries produce 80% of the world's installed wind power. That's fun. Yeah, Iceland. Um, so I went to Iceland uh, a couple of months ago, and I, they they talk up the fact that they're all geothermal mm-hmm. and hydroelectric. Yeah, geothermal. I forgot about that one. That's it was a big, big one. I actually met multiple um, like college students because they were like you know waitressing on the side mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, and uh, they were like, yeah, we're here to study that, and they're frequently from Canada. Yeah, okay. So it was it was actually kind of, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I think I have to stay here because it's like a big deal here. So All right. There's a company in the U.S. that I liked a long time ago, Ormat, I think. Yeah, um, let's see what this guy's doing here. Yeah, Ormat Technologies. Um, they, they design and install geothermal power facilities around the world. Sweet. Pr- pretty cool company. Very and, nice. Uh, over the last few years, let's see, over the last five years, up over 210%. Well, well, well. Yeah. That actually reminds me of another company I recently um, started looking into just because of all this stuff, which is uh, NextEra Energy okay. and their uh, publicly traded asset-owning partnership, NextEra Energy Partners. Say that 11 times fast. G- um, but uh, So NextEra, they, they're the ones that bought um, Florida Power & Light. They had a lot of uh, wind assets down there in Florida and obviously solar. Mm-hmm. But they're still 70% natural gas, mind you. So this is actually Nextera Energy. But they are big into alternatives, mm-hmm. and their next biggest portion of uh, power generation is from nuclear, 23%. And then it, like, coal is 4% last year and stuff. What? But, um, I'm sorry. They'll, they'll <laughs> shut it down. They'll shut it down, I promise. Um, but uh, more interesting is their uh, the partnership next to our energy partners, and this is they kind of drop things off and sell them to them and whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, they basically own portfolio of wind and solar assets here in the U.S. that generates over three thousand megawatts of electricity. What does that do for us? It's a lot. It's about uh, I think it was like eighteen solar uh, wind farms, and then about nine. Uh, I, it was kind of cool. And then they right own a, they they own a few natural gas pipelines for good measure. <laughs> hey, I, those aren't going anywhere. I was reading the other day that uh, in order, so the UK recently just came out and said that by 2040 they're going to outlaw the sale of petroleum and diesel vehicles. Oh wow! And then I was thinking back a couple of days ago how if in order for like the United States to have 100% EV uh, at the current car ownership rate, we would need to double our baseload power generation from right. where it currently yeah. is to power all these vehicles. And so when I read that, I was like, hmm, <laughs> natural gas isn't going anywhere because no, we're so not. abundant and uh, pipelines crisscross this country every which direction. And uh, so. Very cool. Natural gas. But yeah, we have the wind and the solar 
catching up pretty quickly it in this seems, country. It definitely seems like the future of utilities will be it'll be a mix, and you'll have your wind, you'll have your solar, maybe a little geothermal, and then backing it all up will be natural gas. Yeah, you would imagine. And, uh, <clears throat> and I doubt that nuclear gets shut down anytime soon. They're right. not really going to, or not, not saying they're not going to, but they're not currently really adding any nuclear capacity. Right. But I think it would be pretty hard to sh- justify shutting those down until there's an immediate replacement. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I was just in Portugal this summer and a lot of solar no wind everywhere wind, wind power oh, everywhere blowing in off the Atlantic right uh yeah so <clears throat> basically everywhere north of Lisbon just wind wind turbines right uh on all the hilltops and folks say that it's unsightly and they're worried about it messing up the horizon but they're not brightly colored they're not NASCARs circulating in the <clears throat> in the air <clears throat> there's no sponsors blasted all over them on a cloudy day you barely even recognize it and uh, just from last year when I was there to, to this year, I noticed a tremendous increase in the number of them without was, being like, oh, my God, they just ruined this. Was anybody complaining place. about bird deaths? No, they were not. They were overjoyed that the fact that they powered their country completely by renewable energy for four days last March. Oh, wow. Or this past March. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, before we move on to Halliburton and Core Labs earnings, I wanted to take, once again take a few minutes to thank Eero for their support of Industry Focus. That's Eero, E-E-R-O, never think about home Wi-Fi again. They just introduced the second generation Eero and Eero Beacon. They started in early 2016. Since then, they've learned from hundreds of thousands of systems, making them smarter, faster, and more reliable. The new second-generation Eero and Eero Beacon allow you to build a Wi-Fi system that's more perfectly tailored to your home than ever before. More speed and range in the same high-quality, elegant design that people have come to expect. This newest version is now tri-band and twice as fast as its predecessor, which lets you do more simultaneously in every room of your home. And with the new addition of the Thread Radio, Eero can connect to low-power devices such as locks, doorbells, and other sensors. Expanding your coverage in any room is easy with Eero Beacon. Simply plug it into your wall and you're covered. You can add as many Eero Beacons as you want. If there's an outlet, there's Wi-Fi. Before we went on air, I familiarized myself with the product and watched multiple demos. I was so impressed that I immediately sent the link to my closest friends and family. I even heard that we had a listener the other day order one immediately after hearing about it on a recent episode of Market Foolery with Chris Hill. For free overnight shipping, visit Eero.com, and at checkout, select Overnight Shipping, then enter Fool to make it free. We thank Eero for their support. So, Taylor, you were honing in on Halliburton and Core Labs earning calls this week, and I hear that uh, Halliburton's given some sand producers a rough time? Yeah, let me take over some talking for you a bit after that. Uh, um, yeah, Halliburton, renounced earnings, sand producers crushed what, what what did they do to these poor people? Well, they basically said that for the first time, um, and as long as they can remember, their sand usage actually declined in the quarter. Um, and and then they talked about oncoming production uh, from other sand mines that are being announced, saying that they've, in this quarter, they, they used a little bit more of their own proprietary chemical formulations to, to frack these wells and get the oil and natural gas stimulated. Rather than the sand that, uh, so they're getting better at their jobs. Yeah, that and uh, I think that they they're trying to capture a little bit more margin out of the downturn. Um, so you, right now you're seeing some of these wells use up to 50 million pounds of sand versus just three million pounds for some of the bigger oh, miles, wow. some of the bigger wells a few years ago. So you're still it's still a huge increase historically, but they said that that slowed and even maybe declined a little bit. Wow, and so. Talking about declining use and increased supply coming online here in the next year or so, 
Um, some of these sand miners were down double digit percentages, and they've had a rough ride of it over the last couple of years because um, they're on they're they're a fringe service and equipment provider with really only applicable to fracking. Right. Um, so it's not a global business by any means just yet. Yeah, they're a, a supplier to a very specific segment of the oil market. Yes. That's, it's, and that's a commodity market. It happens so. to be the fastest growing portion of the oil markets, but nevertheless, it, it's all yeah. It's also did um. Did Halliburton or Core Labs have anything interesting to say about oil markets and things? I know the Core Labs CEO is always an interesting uh, listen to. Yeah, so um, basically they're talking about uh, a little bit fewer completions than were expected, um, and that's a little bit has to do with Halliburton and its competitors. Um, they just uh, didn't get staffed up and, and get rigs out there as quickly because they again are trying to capture some of the margin that they lost. So uh, wisely keeping some of the supply of their own. Um, business a little bit restricted, um, but Halliburton CEO said that his customers are chomping at the bit. So there's there's definitely demand out there for to complete these wells, and in return, Core Labs will probably see a, a, an uptick in their business if that holds true over the course of the rest of the year. If that works, yeah. yeah. If that does work, and you even heard uh, Core Labs mention. That uh, an offshore client is planning on bringing something online, which is something we haven't talked about in a, in, in a little while, and that's offshore oil production. We, we've talked about some looming bankruptcies or restructurings in the form of sea drill and others, um, but not necessarily any offshore drilling. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'll never forget there was the U.S. government had that auction in the uh, the Gulf Coast, and I think it was six to twelve months ago, and nobody showed up. Yeah, no, that was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, echoes, little seagulls flapping around out there, and Fantastic. they were loving it. Um, who's uh, reporting the next couple of weeks? Anything interesting around the corner? Everybody. It's, it's pretty early in earnings season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll see if Halliburton's peers report some solid results as well. Halliburton was thirty percent higher revenue in the quarter from from the same quarter last year, and uh, they said that they outproduced their peers in every major geographic market. That sounds. Does that seem loaded to you? Do you buy it? I don't know, but I hope so because they're they're in my portfolio. All right, I'll buy that. <laughs> I already have. Uh, well, as always, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Have a good Definitely. one. Thanks for your thoughts. You too. And that is it for us, folks. Be sure and tune in tomorrow for the Technology Show with Dylan Lewis. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Once again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people in this program may have interests in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Taylor Markman, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on.